Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In a recent episode, we considered the need for compromise and negotiation in any deeply connected relationship. We recognized that an intimate relationship needs to serve the needs and desires of both partners, and that since we humans are all individuals, we won't always want the same things. In this episode, we'll explore what one should ask for in an intimate relationship, what sorts of requests to make of one's partner, and what sorts of boundaries to honor for oneself and for one's partner. In essence, we'll examine how much is enough to ask for in a relationship to satisfy one's core desires and needs while respecting our partner's boundaries and desires. Coming to know what we want in our life is part of the process of coming to know ourselves. It might seem trivial to know one's needs and desires, but often those are not self-evident. For many people, having their own legitimate needs and desires can seem like a foreign concept. In my own case, I grew up with the belief that the highest calling in life was to be in service to others, in a self-effacing and don't-count-the-cost sort of way. I assimilated these beliefs through my family's commitment to Catholicism. As a consequence, I have been quick to be sensitive to my perception of others' needs and desires while marginalizing my own. I believe that this unfortunate pattern occurs frequently in those raised in a Judeo-Christian religious tradition. It was not till I was well into my adulthood that I came to realize that, as an individual, I was also entitled to have needs and desires that were as important as those of the others around me. Even more strongly, I came to realize that in not taking care of myself by serving my own needs, I became less capable and less available to support others. This realization has reoriented and rebalanced my life. Further reflection has helped me to distinguish what is important to me at a core level, and thus must be respected, versus things which are less essential and thus negotiable. We all have things that we hold near and dear, things that we feel we must have in order to feel whole and respected. These might include things such as being dealt with respectfully and without anger by others, or feeling that control of our time and attention is within our control and is not infringed by others or having sufficient time for sleep, meals, and exercise so as to bolster our health, or feeling respect, loyalty, and acceptance from those we consider our friends. None of these seem like outrageous or unrealistic demands on our part, yet many people seem to put up with compromises in these critical areas. We can let ourselves get trapped in abusive or non-supportive relationships for years or even for a lifetime. We can let the unchecked demands of our workplace negatively impact our health by depriving us of sufficient sleep or means to manage stress. There are consequences to our doing anything that undermines our core self. Doing so can instill self-doubt and uncertainty. It can blur whatever boundaries we have chosen to communicate to others, as well as boundaries we set for ourselves. It can degrade our self-respect and cause us to feel shame at taking actions that we know amount to self-betrayals. All of these are serious matters. Knowing what constitutes our core self is not an easy matter. It requires honest and deliberate self-examination, accompanied by a willingness to change any beliefs and behaviors that we find do not fit us. Finding our core equally requires that we determine which beliefs, behaviors, desires, and goals are not fundamentally important to us. For example, we may find that our preferred living arrangements are just that, preferences, rather than something that we need to be inflexibly adhering to. Sifting core from non-core is a necessary preparatory step that enables us to negotiate how we can share our life with another person in a sound and healthy way.
with these considerations in mind, let's return to the question of how we know that we're getting enough from our relationship with the central people in our life. We know that it is unrealistic and probably quite unfair to insist that our partner accommodate our every desire and preference, potentially sacrificing their own needs and desires. Now that we've identified our own core needs and desires and have shared those with our partners, both we and they have a clear picture of what's up for negotiation. There's obviously no formula for how two partners can best accommodate each other's desires. In general, though, both need to feel heard and acknowledged, and both need to feel fairly treated. Clear and honest communication is key in this process. If needs are overstated or understated, or if the tone of engagement is one of confrontation and coercion rather than of caring compromise, it's likely that one or both partners will be dissatisfied with the results. Focusing on respecting core needs and desires is also crucial. In coming to know one another, relationship partners become aware of who each is at the core. Loving partners strive to satisfy one another's core needs and desires. Given that intent, it would be contradictory for loving partners to ask one another for things that they know don't align with and maintain their partner's core integrity. Doing so would probably result in hurting a partner, which certainly doesn't qualify as a show of love. In the quest for having one's core needs met in a relationship, there are two possible outcomes. First, it's possible that the areas in which the partners make accommodation requests from their partner do not include changes to either partner's core needs or desires. In that case, love may motivate both partners to satisfy their partner's requests. That may require both partners to make some sacrifices or deviate somewhat from their own preferred path, but the resulting changes then become gifts from one to the other. Such actions reinforce a relationship and make both partners feel valued and accepted. The second possibility is that one partner requests a change or action that affects a core need of their partner. That sort of situation can mark an essential difference between the partners. As such, it can carry significant implications ranging from introducing tension and discomfort into the relationship all the way up to manifesting a fundamental incompatibility between the partners. Because of the potential high impact of core differences between partners, it's important to think and feel long and hard about how important the associated request is. The requester should certainly avoid making such a request frivolously. The recipient of such a request can then know that their partner understands that they are asking for something that's difficult to accommodate, but that it is important enough to the requester that they're making the request in spite of that difficulty. Once such a request is on the table, the resulting challenge and discomfort in the relationship will either produce some possibly painful accommodations, or it will drive the couple apart. It's unlikely that either partner will be willing to tolerate the stresses of such a basic difference for very long. Not getting what one needs or wants in a relationship can cause great disappointment. After all, we enter a relationship because we are seeking the sorts of good things that a relationship partner can bring to us, things such as validation and comfort and support and pleasure. When our partner denies us one or more of those good things, our connection with that partner is eroded. As mature adults, we realize that none of us gets everything that we might want. When some aspect of our relationship falls short of our hopes or expectations, it's to be expected that we will feel disappointment. Those feelings may be mild, more minor annoyances or inconveniences than divisive feelings of rejection or denial. At the other extreme, though, we may feel as if the relationship has lost some of its core animating value. If our disappointment cuts that deeply, it's possible that the relationship will not survive. In that case, we are likely to encounter feelings of deep sadness and loss of something precious. 
Such an occurrence is a big deal. It is a loss that we will need to grieve and mourn. During our process of understanding and coming to accept what happened in the relationship, we'll perhaps come to realize that the rift was caused by something essential that was missing from the relationship, something that outweighed whatever positive value we were getting from it. During that healing process, we'll come to better know our core selves and our true needs. That will free us to eventually begin our quest for deep connection anew, hopefully leading us toward future relationships that may better serve who we are. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors Facebook group, the Two Open Doors Meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors. Two Open Doors